Hi Pod family, here's some food for thought. Now, a lot of you know that I am an ordained minister and I am constantly checking myself for inaccuracies in me because I want to be upright before the God that I serve and I don't beat myself with a whip or anything like that so let's not even get dramatic with it but I do continuously check me Because when I step out before the world, I want to be found faultless. And the devil is good at bringing fault. He is the accuser. That is what he's called, an adversary to the Christian people. And one thing that a lot of people forget, or a lot of people don't care to remember, he is the angel that was primarily over music. Like, that was his thing. He's very good at it. And the way he deceives a lot of people is through music. I always tell my husband that if the music he listens to can't be found in the scriptures, then he do not need to listen to it. Because all scriptures are inspired by God. The music you listen to should be inspired by the scriptures because it leads you back to God. The purpose of becoming a new creature, the Bible says that we are new creatures in Christ. All things are passed away. So if you are of Christ, if you are in Christ, the things that you did before, the things that you listened to before must die. And the reason it must die is because if you are still listening to it, then a seed is incubating in you and growing. And I know when I listen to R&B, yeah, I listen to gospel every now and then. You know, I listen to it because I grew up in church. And so I had that. I was like, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm listening to the shot lights right now. And, you know, I'm not shy like, oh, but that's what the people who were around me listened to. So I know who all of those people are. I know who Tina Turner is. I know who, you know, all these secular artists. And every now and then, one of those artists, not Tina Turner, would do a gospel song. You know, she started out singing gospel. But isn't that always the trip up of how people in the church, they start out doing stuff in the church and then they get carried away? I know we could all go down the list. We could name all these secular artists who started out in the church. But ask yourself, why would they start out with something that belongs to God and then switch over? Because they've become a new creature. They've gotten from under Christ, so they're no longer in Christ. They are of what they have have dedicated their lives to, which is R&B, rhythm and blues, which we all know Satan owns the music industry. And why wouldn't you want to sing for him? Because it sounds fun, right? Well, when you're in Christ, once you see Christ is more than just, you know, ruler of all, once you see him as father, you learn how to navigate in that world and you learn how to be, how to have fun. I mean, there you, you literally have no restrictions on you, except for the few, you know, but those don't even, once you live the life, you don't, the, the restrictions, you're just living your life, you know, and you live so free. And I know because I live in freedom. I don't have to worry about a lot of the things that I used to worry about. I don't have to, you know, but I'm constantly making sure for self's sake that self don't fall out. Because the Bible says, take heed lest you fall. You know, and so I'm just trying to make sure I don't fall. But here's the thing. Everybody loved Tina Turner. Her song, What's Love Got to Do With It? But What's Love Got to Do With It is a direct challenge to who and what God is. And she was singing it because she was hurt because a man put his hands on her, you know. But at the same time, it was a direct challenge to God because God is love. 
So she's saying, what's God got to do with it? You know, and apparently love is a secondhand emotion. So is God a secondhand God? So I don't understand with that logic or me seeing it that way. Maybe some people don't see it that way, but open your eyes to what's really being done. The, the one trick that the devil uses is that he is in plain sight, but he is out of sight or he does not exist or some bull crap he puts out there for everybody, you know, and he has a way of tripping you up with words. If he's a musician, musicians know how to compose words, words that don't even sound like they should go together and make them sound like the most amazing thing ever, you know, and I am good at music, but you know, hate to give him props, but he's better, you know, so he can do things that I can't do, and I still ain't gonna get no props because he messed up, you know. <laughs> like, I just don't, I don't see why preachers in particular have to take a message and use a secular song to give that message. Because one, the people that's sitting in your pool, in your pulpits, or in your um pews, which is where the lay members sit, they ain't listening to what you're talking about. Some of them are, some of them are intrigued. But for the most people, like, okay, now they're thinking about what's love got to do with it. Or Johnny Cash. Or whoever else is singing. And it don't make no sense because you came out of that lifestyle not to teach a series on what a man has put in place. A man is saying in secular form, you came out of that lifestyle so that you can teach people how to live a godly lifestyle. And not to teach from secular um counterparts and i get it i do get it you can some people say well you know that's how some people learn there's an audience for everybody yeah well god is an audience for everybody you need to learn how to use the tools that you're given and yes use more than the bible so many people have written commentaries and done all this stuff and come up with all this logic but at the same time don't preach secular songs over your pulpit people get a rise out of that stuff it reminds them of what they used to do that incubating spirit that some of them never got rid of comes right back up again and we need to take a hard look at the way we've allowed things to come into the church how we've allowed you know the the secular to interact with our so-called holiness furthermore we need to look at just the overall structure that we've allowed and i say we i'm talking to the pastors you know the congregation they just they're the congregation which is it's like having a bunch of children and you know not so much as like they act like children they're just the children of God the children of Israel in that sense so we're supposed to be leading and guide them so in Leviticus you know chapter 10 verse 10 God talks about putting the difference between clean and unclean and holy and unholy and there's a reason because he has a way that he wants to be worshipped. And if it's not done his way, just like the two that got burnt up in the same chapter um, that offered him strange fire, you cannot give God anything. And you can't convince me that you studied for a message and God gave you something secular because God is not going to use the secular to get you to the holy. He's going to use this holy to turn you away from um, the secular, but it's not going to be the other way around. You know, so which God are you serving, first of all? Which God are you giving credit to, second of all? You know, and I know that God can do anything he wants to do. He's a way maker, a miracle worker, yada, 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 point blank. I get that.
But at the same time, get that he don't change. Get that he has a way that he wants to be worshipped. He has a way that he wants things done. And if you do not do it the way that he wants it done, he is not going to honor what you're doing. You're doing it. But just like other people who will be on judgment, they're like, oh, remember, I preached all these people into heaven and I got all these people saved. I gave them the Holy Ghost, you know, by the power of your your spirit. He's going to be like, uh, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I don't know you. We are held responsible for what we teach the people of God. And at some point, the church has got to look at itself. The the angels in the church, the, the pastors, who I'm calling the angels in the church, they need to look at what message is going out. Is this really of God? Should I be giving this? And I get it. You're trying to get your people and keep them engaged. But you know what? There is a way to do things. It's called decent and in order. And you don't have to bring in secular songs to explain a godly message because God has a way of explaining things for himself, you know, and we don't even have to mix the songs together. I've noticed a lot of that. That's called sacrilege. You know, you take in gospel and R&B songs and mixing them together, you know, and we need to go back and we need to examine this. The further we get away from the principles, and I'm not saying things don't change you know like music upbeat styles i'm not expecting somebody to still be singing the same song they were singing in slave days although we need hymns and that's another big thing because we don't know nothing no more we we don't sing songs about god being able to make a way or you know what's happening some of those songs they sung as cold but a lot of songs you know i know the lord will make a way oh yes he will those are songs of hope you know and the stuff we got now it's darn new close to the world booty shaking i'm in there listening to songs singing and i'm up there i'm i'm kind of gyrating because you know it's it's bad and i know it is because that's not what we're supposed to be doing where there is no difference make a difference put a difference let god lead you to the difference he ain't gonna lead you to um r&b songs he's gonna lead you in a way where it's gonna be presented beautiful done correctly holy just overall holy. Holy means set aside. Holy means separated. You know, sanctified. You were set aside for the master's use. He ain't gonna use no secular music to give you to give you new people. This is not how it worked. I saw a church had um a major singer coming from R and B or from he was this big celebrity. He was coming to this little church where I am. Um, out here in the good old plains of Kansas. He is coming out here to do a whole big thing. And I'm like, are you serious? So this is how we get people in the church now. And this is just sad. Because it says a lot of things about the state of the people. But it says a lot of things about the people that's sitting in the pews already. Ain't nobody praying. You know, and, and the pastor, it says a lot about them, what they'll allow. You know, and it used to be stuff that pastors used to be afraid that the collection plate wasn't going to get passed around and the collection plate is not for the pastor fyi the collection plate is for the bills in the church church actually does have bills you know you have to pay light bill you have to pay um land bills and you have to pay you don't have to pay for a building fund most a lot of churches want to add on to the church because they see souls being added or that's the idea of a building fund there's benevolent offering offering sorry i can't talk today benevolent offering that helps people who are sick 
they help people who are down. They primarily do help members, but they are. It's also the church is a house of refuge, which we we have gotten away from, where people should be able to come in and ask for help to pay for things that they need. But sometimes, most people these days don't really go to the church anymore, and. You know, looking from that perspective and the messages that's going across the pulpit, the different scenarios that are worldly, that are being said over the pulpit, is one thing to know what those sayings mean. But to preach a whole message on it, to, to, to have that saying coming out the mouth of God, the people of God's mouth, I don't think so. You're supposed to be different. You're different for a reason. And that difference is meant to draw people, not get included, not include yourself, and then draw the people. I remember when I was back in high school, that was a teen night at a club. And everybody knew I was a little old church girl. They knew, you know. And me and this other dude, he his daddy was a pastor. And me and this other dude, we was out there and we was dancing. I looked good just like all the other girls. But everybody that knew me, that went to school with me, knew I was a church girl. So I went over to some of the girls. One of them was they my cousin. They wouldn't even talk to me because they knew I shouldn't have been there. And they actually called me out for that. It was like, you a hypocrite. So what more of you teaching a message that's, that's based off a secular song to give something about God? Get on your knees and pray for an actual message from God. You know, everybody wants a feel-good message right now. We're not in a feel-good situation. We're in a pandemic. There are things that needs to be said that only you can say, but you got to hear from God. And I'm not just saying for for you guys, because I know a lot of times when I should be praying, I'm running my mouth on the telephone. <laughs> but I can admit to mine, you know, I'm running my mouth on the phone. <laughs> I'm not in denial about where I am, you know, but I'm not also trying to teach secular messages to people. I'm trying to give it the way that God wants me to give it, you know. And so in the in spirit of doing that, this has been going on for a while. I've just been sitting back and watching this. I thought at some point some other preacher was going to say it, but it seemed like a lot of preachers are bandwagon. And I'm from the very, very old school. You know, I'm not very, very old, old school in age, but my upbringing is that so where there is no difference put a difference between the holy and unholy good night pod family i love you all i will continue to pray for you all have a great night until we meet again love in my heart it's where i keep a friend over and out